It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, the Golden Knights family just got bigger. The 2022 NHL Draft in the books. And this is our Draft Recap Special presented by Pizza Hut. Bulk of our hardworking crew is right up there in Montreal, but we are here at City National Arena. Thanks for joining us here on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all of our Golden Knights digital channels. Once again, I am Ashley Vice, joined by Darren Elliott. Darren, the first in-person draft in three years. There's just something different about getting to see the look on these kids' faces when their dreams come true, isn't there? Yeah, it, it, it's all about the kids, but it's all about the game returning to normalcy, right? We, we were able to do some playoff work um, and we got to go to rinks and see people behind the scenes that we hadn't seen in a couple of years. So um, the NHL family is larger and wider and has more breadth to it than, than just the players. It, there's so many people involved and it's nice to see them all together again. Makes you a little nervous to say the word normal, doesn't it? It's like, oh, watch yeah, out, watch what, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably misspoke. <laughs> what do you say we dive right in to what the Golden Knights did today had no picks in the first round because they acquired a pretty good hockey player midseason Jack Eichel but it started with pick number 48 Matias Sapovalov the Czech centerman just wrapped up his first season in the OHL 52 points in 68 games that's not too shabby Darren but aside from the numbers what's the organization getting with this young forward size six foot four 190 so he's already kind of a, a man's body he was uh, uh 15th overall in the import draft coming into the OHL. And in this season, he's, he's a pass-first guy. You saw there, he really good uh, instincts passing the puck. Um, when you took it, talk about comparables, the one that, that I read about was Jordan Stahl. But, but when I think of, of our team, you know, Nick Waugh comes to mind. Pass-first, the knock against Nick, can he become a good enough skater to go move up in the lineup to the, your top six? Same thing here with Sapovalov. It's, it's like... He's a really good player, but he's going to have to improve his skating or he's going to be a third-line center, which that's what he's projecting to be. Can he be more like Nick Waugh has proven to be? That's what you're looking at. I think they're very similar in my mind for, for all of our Vegas fans. This is where Vegas started to make some moves. They traded pick number 95 and pick number 135 to Toronto for pick 79, which they used to acquire Jordan Gustafson, another center. He's uh, from the Seattle Thunderbird. Shea Theodore, former Seattle yeah. Thunderbird, for whatever that's worth. Uh, 23 <laughs> goals of this season for Gustafson. What do you see out of him? He was one, if, if you talk back in September when they do the original projections, he would have been a first-round pick. Um, why did he fall off? Well, again, there's always reasons. Maybe it has to do with skating as a plus, but is he dynamic enough? So what I mean by that is straight-line speed. His acceleration is really good, but after that, his top-end speed is just average. So there's lots of things you can do. So, again, they're, as an organization, where you're, when you're drafting like this, they move up, they get this kid because they think they're getting extra value. The risk-reward um, pays off. Like, let's take him here. If, if those things happen, skating-wise, we'd have what would have been a, quote-unquote, late first-rounder at the 79th pick. So... Uh, guys doing their homework, really trying to find value uh, in the second and third rounds. He plays guitar too. You know, him and Jack Eichel can maybe rock out together, maybe give Dave Gosher a run for his right. money. Dave, 
you're out in Rhode Island watching, look out. Of course he is. He <laughs> <laughs> better be, right? you got to see how this Golden Knights organization is growing here. Uh, then another pick-for-pick pick move for Vegas. They acquired pick number 128 from Montreal for next year's fourth-round pick. They did it to snag a goalie. This is right up your alley, Darren. Cameron Whitehead played this past season in the USHL, but is committed to Northeastern, so going to be a college hockey kid. What have you learned about him, Darren? Well, he has the big frame again, so that that's starts in goal where you take up as much space as you possibly can. Had a good season for the Lincoln Stars uh, in the USHL. Um, he's going to Northeastern, as you mentioned, so it could be five years in terms of development. He looks like a pro. Uh, what they say about him, when I say that, is like you see how calm he is, but rebound control and puck handling have to get better. Uh, the, the, he has time, though. It, it's, a, it's a longer process. This was his second year eligible to be drafted, so he was passed over last year. On the flip side, he did develop from season to season because he was one of only three goaltenders invited to the NHL Combine before the draft. So that's he was a seventh overall uh, rated goaltender coming into this draft. Those are all the numbers. Now it's just up to the kid. They think he has the, the right makeup and moxie. He certainly has the right body and build. We'll find out. Uh, he's going to Northeastern, not even not not next season. He's going to be in the USHL one more season, then Northeastern. So lots of time on that development path for the uh, netminder. Plenty of time to develop. And now you think you know Logan Thompson, Yuri Patera, Isaiah Seville, uh, now right. Whitehead. All you know depth in the goalie department important in an organization for years to come. Right, because like you said, you might not see him for, for years. Five, five years probably. You know, if he comes out, if he has a really good time uh, in the development in college and. Cuts it short after his junior year. That's still four years before he's, you know, handed off to the Henderson Silver Knights. And moving on to the fifth round pick number 145 overall, Patrick Gay being acquired from the Q. How about this, Darren? 55 goals last season. That's a number that should get some Golden Knights fans pretty excited. Yeah, and he, and he really broke out in the playoffs as well. 28 points, 13 of them goals in 15 playoff games. He's a plus three they call it it's his third year of eligibility so again if you look at what lots of times we look out west with our coaching staff and have a little bit of understanding out there with kelly mccrimmon's background in the western hockey league but again we're always looking for smart players and that's patrick and we're looking for develop developed mind hockey sense that's patrick and he's 20 so he can potentially sign right away and, and play for uh, the AHL for the Henderson Silver Knights right away because of his age. You were talking about all those kids playing junior hockey <laughs> in the West. Ben Hammerling, another round six number, 177 overall. What do you have on him? Well, again, hockey sense, decision-making, beautiful passer, all those kinds of things. The thing is he's only 159 pounds, okay, at 5'10", and his skating – is okay that's not usually a good combination but he's so smart if they can get his foot speed to be better you don't you can't make a guy smarter you can make him faster so i think that's one of the things when you're looking at a kid like like hammerling and again the the predisposed because they know the guys everett silvertips they know those people you know our, our organization very comfortable with with all those coaches and general managers out there and the development process so he has time um, he's going to get bigger, and, and with that might come when you're bigger and you get stronger, you, your stride can improve as well. 
think about everything you do for youth hockey here in Vegas. <laughs> you have a pretty good idea of what it's like uh, just to develop talent in general. Mm -hmm. Give us some insight. How do you go about making someone faster, making someone a better skater, especially at that stage in their career? Efficiency. You know, there's lots of guys out there, um, and there's some really good ones even in our market that are working with the kids right now, um, some of our Junior Golden Knights coaches. The, the thing about it is edge control, strength, understanding what makes your stride better. Not, not what you're doing, how you go from what you're doing to better. Is it your push? Is it your explosiveness? Is it your angle of your back? All those kinds of things become very technical, like learning a golf swing. You know, and so it's unique to you because you're, you know, everyone's different, but there are some things that you can build upon. And uh, that's something that uh, this organization's done really well with. Incredible. Coach Misha. Oh, Misha yeah. Donska, He's a dangerous right? one. He's a weapon. That's for <laughs> that's sure. That's for sure. At last but certainly not least, seventh round pick, number 206 overall. Abram Weave has played parts of the last three seasons in the BCHL. Right. He is committed to North Dakota, but like you said, not this coming season, the season after. So another young kid for sure. The only defenseman in this draft class. Why do you think that is? Where we are as an organization with young defensemen. Again, you're trying to map this out, right? Like, okay, this guy might make it. Next year, you take another kid and another kid. Based on what you have in the American Hockey League, what you have on your roster now, how they slot up, uh, like Zach Whitecloud, did anyone think he could play in the top four? Maybe they did, um, but he certainly proved he could. So all of a sudden, that opens it up for Dylan Coughlin. You know, it, it's uh, Haig, you know, Nick Haig. So you, you, all of a sudden, you've got some young guys there, some young guys in the American Hockey League, and then a guy like Abram Weep. He, he can develop on his own terms at his own time frame. Keeping that deep decor. That's what the Vegas Golden Knights fans like to hear. That decor, a huge part of the Vegas Golden Knights season this past season, going to continue to be um, a big piece of this team's identity. But we talked about how a few moves were made to make a few of these picks. Uh, the Golden Knights were just happy that that second round pick was there. They didn't have to make any moves to get him. They were hoping he would be hanging around. And Bob Lowe's talked about some of that strategy just a few minutes ago. We were excited. Uh, you know, it's funny you do your, you do all your mock drafts or all your preparation, and there, there's certain players that, with you know all the intel that we had, could be available, and we were really excited if he could be available. At you know, one time we talked about maybe possibly moving up for him. We just felt with the way it had gone the first night, you sit down after the first night and you look at the group of names you have left. We just said, let's be patient at 48. Our, our, our thing was be patient at 48. We'll get a guy we like, and let's do something with 95. Let's move up from 95. Uh, and our, our strategy worked, I think. So. I'd say it worked out pretty well, Darren. Your overall thoughts when you look at the draft class as a whole? They took some chances on, on players. And, and if there, there's risk-reward, and when I say risk, right, it's like, there's really no risk. You don't have to pay them money right away, anything like that. But, but will they turn into something more than than their draft numbers? I guess that's that's what it looks like with with the Golden Knights in this draft. So Pavel could. You heard uh, Bob Lowe's talking about that. They moved up to get Gustafson. Um, you know the kid that, that might have been a first round pick early in the season, uh, and Cameron Whitehead. 
moved up, had a great season. So there, there's speculation, but they're betting on these kids becoming more than where they were slotted and where they were able to pick them. Speaking of draft numbers, does 115 mean anything to you, <laughs> D.E.? Does that number ring a bell? No, it doesn't. It doesn't? It, obviously it does. This guy went number 115 overall. Let me get this straight. We're talking before the show. You tell me that you didn't even know you were eligible to be drafted. Correct. Tell because, us the story. So it, it's way, way back, children. 1980 was the draft year, and the NHL had just uh, merged with the WHA, the team, four teams that moved into the NHL, and they moved the age from 20. It had always been 20 years of age. They moved it to 18. I had just turned 18, first finished my freshman year at uh, Cornell. We had a successful year, won the ECAC. Uh, it was all good. Went to the Nationals, Frozen Four, before it was called the Frozen Four. Anyway, I'm playing men's league baseball. My dad comes walking over to the park. I'm like, he hasn't come to watch me play since I was 12. What's going on? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. He goes, yeah, you walk after the game. He goes, your coach, Dick Bertrand, he uh, wants you to call him. I'm like, oh, boy. What did I do now? Is he checking up on me to see if I'm following my off-ice routine, which I wasn't. He was not, obviously. <laughs> and he goes, D.E. we're talking about. He goes, L.A., uh, the, the L.A. Kings have drafted you in the sixth round. You're an L.A. King. I'm like, okay, Dick, thanks. I hang up the phone. I'm like, how'd that happen? I didn't even know. That's was... a heck of a surprise. <laughs> it was a great surprise. That's a home run. It was a home run. I didn't ding, hit one ding. in the game, but uh, I know that... <laughs> I know my, my dad was excited. I was excited that uh, he was able to break the news. I think that was fun for him. I'm sure it was. And we're going to kind of get a sense of what it's like from a player's perspective today to go through oh, yeah, this yeah. draft experience when Different. we come back in just a little bit. But first, Vegas Golden Knights fans, you can get your first in-person look at those new draft picks and other rising stars in the organization next week at VGK Development Camp. Come to City National Arena on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as all the on-ice sessions are free and open to the public. Stop by the Arsenal Team Store and McKinsey River Pizza Grill and Pub while you're here watching the future nights. Visit VegasGoldenKnights.com for the full schedule for development camp. We'll be right back. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Craggy Range is the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal or come to watch your nights on one of the Craggy Range big screen TVs or on the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, or all kinds of cocktails while you catch the action. You can find a full menu for the whole family plus a full bar with 16 beer taps. Craggy Range at the Dollar Loan Center even features an extended patio. The Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill is open daily. No ticket required. You're looking there at Montreal where the NHL draft just wrapped up. A busy day for the Vegas Golden Knights, who grew by six members today, that organization did, as we welcome you back inside Studio 31. Ashley Weiss with Darren Elliott. i got to say, these pizzas are starting to stare me down, Darren. <laughs> Thanks to Pizza Hut for providing this. But before we dive in, uh, we got to break some things down still. Now, we've talked about who Vegas has acquired throughout the day, but a lot of moves have been made around the league this week in general, leading up to the draft, free agency next week, of course. So I want to talk about some of them. The Toronto Maple Leafs trade Peter Mrazek to Chicago for a couple picks today. Zach Cassian heads to Arizona. Luke Cunning from Nashville to San Jose. So the VGK are going to see more of him now that he is in the Pacific Division. A lot of moves on the goalie carousel as well. Looks like Darcy Kemper out in Colorado. Billy Huso to Detroit this morning. Yeah, crazy, right? What have, what moves have stood out 
most to you? Well, first of all, the, the first ones you mentioned were contract moves, mm-hmm. right? Like, kind of Nashville needs money if they're going to sign Forsberg. So, you know, same thing with Mrazic. You move Mrazic, uh, you get him off your books. Um, his, whatever his deal was, $6 million maybe, uh, for, for the last year. So those were, were business decisions. Um, the one that, that I liked, and maybe it's recency bias, having done the, a lot of the playoffs, to see the Colorado Avalanche make a swift decision on Darcy Kemper and go, you know what, we're going to make a trade with the Rangers and bring in Alex Georgiev. I think that's brilliant. I like the way he plays. They're all very similar. You know, um, Kemper, they kind of play the same style. Um, but Georgiev was excellent with the Rangers. So um, I, I think it's a matter of making the decision and doing it in a cap-friendly manner or, or at least in a manner that fits under your cap. It's got to be tough if you're an Avs fan, right? Like you just win the cup, and now the goaltender that gets you there is probably on his way out. And you have all the they have so many players they have to sign. I think it's ten free agents. It's crazy. Right. I mean, you have Grubauer who left them, and then they they rushed and got Kemper, and then you bring in Gorg, Georgiev. The, to me, the three of them are are very similar, um, and, and it's proven to be enough. So I, I think Joe Sakic is. Is uh, not he didn't base his decision on me being right, but he hopes I'm right in what I'm saying. That uh, Georgiev will will give them at least at least what Kemper was Don't able to. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I think your analysis means a lot for what it's worth. Oh, thanks. Uh, the way the draft started was very entertaining as well. Shane Wright had been scouted from the time he was. A teenager, yeah. young teenager, 13, 15 years old, uh, widely expected to go first overall. Not only did he not go first, but he dropped to number four. What did you make of that? Well, once he, the, the first overall, he, he was ticketed to be the first overall since he was 15. He got the exceptional status for the Canadian Hockey League, which if you're 15, you can't enter the OHL, the Q, until you're 16. Um, so if you're so advanced as a 15-year-old, you have to – it has to be voted on and all those kinds of things. And he was granted that status. John Tavares has had it, Sidney Crosby, those kinds of players, um, the elite. Um, there's been kids that didn't work out for Sean Day, for instance. He's still playing, but he's, he's in the American Hockey League. I think he's in Tampa system now. Shane Wright, okay, he only went to the f- one to four. So he, he's still, to me, a, a bona fide player. But again, is he at 15, he's like a, a phenom. And at 18, the difference is, it's like, okay, he's really good. And, and yeah, that'll probably translate into being a really good player for the Seattle Kraken. And I think that's a really good pick for them um, because of who they had from last year. Beneers, um, their first pick. So that's one, two, like really young centermen. But now you can see their roster starting to take form. You saw the video going around Twitter, Shane Wright. <laughs> Kind of doing the stare down, maybe of the Montreal Canadiens table. Maybe it's just you know works for our storylines, and, and it looks fun to talk about. What do you think? Did he give him a little stare down? Maybe a little stink eye that way. Uh, it was it was subtle. He was beside the uh, commissioner as he's going off the stage. He just kind of. <laughs> I like the impression. <laughs> That's then, the de stink then, eye. And then off and then off with the jersey and, and off the stage he went. Um, you know, it'll motivate, uh, if you take it properly, it motivates you, uh, you know, as a kid, especially when you play Montreal. Um, so, you know, I, I, he probably, let's face it, it's it's not that difficult. He had to wait three extra spots. Um, but, hey, I wanted to be first overall. I wasn't. That means I've got to prove some things to some people. i got to get better at certain things. They said on NHL Network that Wayne Gretzky called him 
after and said, you know, you're, it's going to be, you know, just just a little encouragement. You know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. That's that's the ultimate ambassador of the game, Wayne Gretzky, for sure. Yeah, he's going to be. I feel like most of these kids are going to be okay, right? Yeah, that are exactly. going that early. So we've talked about what we've seen here. Mm-hmm. But there are some people in Montreal around Gary Lawless, along with Will Nickel, who's going to work so closely with all of these prospects. They talked about how the draft has been so far, the first time being in person, and yeah. what's next for these prospects. Golden Knights Director of Player Development, Will Nickel. Will, this is obviously, it's been a couple of years since you've been here at the draft, and it's a really important day for you and your staff the draft picks and right away start to indoctrinate them into life as a member of the Golden Knights organization. How excited are you to be here with the players today? Well, it's, it's really exciting and um, it's something that we've missed just like development camp, right? Uh, because of this pandemic and COVID, being able to do it. Um, just, you know, Malik says we're doing kids. great. I'm happy for the <laughs> kids. Um, the, the, the ones that got drafted the last two years, it's still what? a great honor. It's a great experience. But now, you know, this year it's a full house in front of Montreal's fans. So it'd be great. What do you start immediately? What do you, do you start working on with the players that are drafted by the Golden Knights? Yeah, so once they come up to the suite, it's that's kind of funny. Bob Lowe's oh, and their job the is done. Pizza Hut, all the way to and the my All their job ingredients begins. go right to the edge. And we just have an honest conversation about what my role is. McCormick, oh, and I tell all I just of them the props. Truth. You know, you'll get my best. I expect the same in return. And I'm going to be the truth. You know, my voice will never get above this level, but I'm going to be honest with you because I have to be to help you get better. So we already start building that relationship, and then that continues into development camp this next week and obviously into the future years. It's kind of interesting. You know, Bobby Lowe's and his staff hands the player to you, yep. and then hopefully you hand the player uh, to Tim Speltz yes. and Manny Viveros and yep. their staff, yep. and then hopefully Manny and Tim hand the player to... Kelly McCrimmon and yeah. Bruce Cassidy at exactly. some point, and it's exactly. uh, the yeah. course of, of a player, and we've seen that. Uh, you yeah. know, Nick Keg is a great example yeah. of one of those guys. Yeah. Selected the first year ever, and then yeah. now a member with a regular with the Golden Knights. I love how he says, my voice will never get above right here, but they know. But those players have so much respect for Will Nickel. I had the opportunity to talk to Brendan Brisson right after he got back from the Olympics, and what he had to say just about Will Nickel. He connects with them on such a deep level. He does, and Brisson will be here mm-hmm. uh, at, at Dev Camp. I mean, it starts, like the, guys, the guys start arriving. This is how quickly this, this uh, accelerates. You have, you know, this going on, then you have development camp. The, the players start arriving Sunday, and they're on the ice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They do some stuff in the community. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they, they scrimmage. So it, it's really going to be fun. So make sure you get down to the city national area, watch the kids they will put on a, a really good show. And a lot of, if, for fans who are wondering, you know, how long will it be until I see some of these prospects, uh, Nick Haig, Keegan Colasar, Logan Thompson have all participated in this development camp. What happens at these camps and what makes it so big for their development? Well, they break into two teams and you pretty much run as a pro team. So for some guys, it's their first, ex, you know, contact with the team. Um, so they, they get put on a... You know, this is what's expected of you. This is how we do things here. This is going away. You're not going to play this season? Okay, you're going back to wherever, junior. There you go. Guys like that are closer, like Brisson, they know they're gonna, they want to vie for a, a spot. So they want to make sure that every time they get in front of management, they want to show they're ready. 
I mean, wherever you are in your – because everyone's in a different spot in their development. So it's going to be big for those players. Also, some cool things happening around the arena, as you know. There's so much energy here in the arena today, <laughs> all the youth hockey players running around. But um, like we said, the team store will be open. McKenzie River will be open. But there's going to be some unique things. You might be able to hear some of what the coaches are saying on the ice if you come to attend. They have a lot of cool things in their back pocket, so you definitely want to make it out. We'll talk more about development camp, the draft picks, all that jazz, plus a very special piece about a very special draft pick from 2021 when we come back. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. A magical few days in Montreal, dreams coming true for 255 young hockey players. But we are back here in Vegas bringing you this draft recap special presented by Pizza Hut. Welcome back in once again, Ashley Weiss with Darren Elliott. Darren, safe to say that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for most of these players, right? It really is. I mean, they, it's expanded, it's changed. Like we said, a couple of these kids were passed over their first time they were eligible for the draft, right? So, you know, Cameron Whitehead, for instance, and, and uh, Patrick Gay. They, they, Patrick Gay had been passed over two other drafts. So it has, that's more of a relief to get picked. You're still proud you've put in the work. But that first year as an 18-year-old, kids point to it. When, you, when you're an elite player and it's your draft year, everybody wants it to happen. Um, so it is absolutely one of the best experiences for these young athletes. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, it was important to make sure that they got this experience. And they redefined what once in a lifetime means by giving a very special experience to one of last year's draft picks, Arthur Kolash, who had a very unconventional 2021. Yeah, we were excited. Now, something special this year. Archer's Kolash was drafted by the team last year. Correct. Obviously wasn't in the building because no. it was remote. Yeah. He's here this year. Tell us about that. Yeah, Archer is a wonderful young man. But as many of you know, you know he's from the Ukraine. And uh, he's not able to get back uh, this offseason because of what's going on over there. He's in Barrie, Ontario, where he plays, uh, close to close to your home there in Peterborough. And, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that he was able to experience a packed house. He'll meet Coach Cassidy uh, tonight. Uh, he'll go around the table, I believe, and meet Kelly and George, you know, just like he would if he were drafted. We are glad we get to experience that. Thank you for the event. You bet. And then uh, our, our media people take him through the media. It's actually weird because like my draft was like one year ago, but it's a special moment. Um, every kid dreams about it like the whole life, so it's a special moment. And I just want to thank uh, Vegas Golden Eyes organization uh, to make my dream true, and I really appreciate it. Wow, Darren, is that incredible or what? Tremendous, tremendous touch um, by the organization, and you could tell it meant a lot 
to to Archer. It meant a lot to him as as a person. You can only imagine what the last year has been like for him. I mean, it was tough for all draft picks last year, dealing with COVID, not having that conventional right. draft experience, not being able to come to development camp. I'm sure it would be easy to feel forgotten, and then you have not even being able to go back to his home in Ukraine yeah. during the off season. So important. It just kind of shows what the Golden Knights do for their young players. You know, I talked about Will Nickel and how connected they feel. I think the young players here in Vegas just truly feel a connection to this organization that might not be the case everywhere. No, and they've really solidified that with the Henderson Silver Knights being in this market and, you know, world-class facilities both for practice and for games. Uh, yeah, these guys, they're, they're in one of the premier organizations in our sport. So, you know, they, they feel that, and when you take it to that next level, it resonates on a personal level, not just a professional level. That's what comes through to me in, in that particular instance. They mentioned that Bruce Cassidy is there as well. So he, along with the other draft picks, will be meeting Bruce Cassidy. What does it do for a young player when, as soon as you're drafted, you're able to meet the head coach, not of the AHL, not someone on the development side of things, the head coach of the big boys? Makes it real. I mean, these these guys, they're most often, almost 99% of the time, the guys are fans, too. So they'll, they'll know who Bruce Cassidy is. They saw him behind the bench with the Boston Bruins the last six years. Washington Capitals before that, potentially, nah, they might have been too young for that. But certainly with Boston. So it's like you, it makes you feel like you're part of the National Hockey League. That, that's, that's what it means. So you talked about how you were very caught off guard your draft year, <laughs> and you're talking about how these guys are fans, so it feels real. Who was the first person you interacted with that made you think, this is real, I guess I'm playing in the NHL, or I guess I'm at least part of an NHL organization? Again, times were way different. So, so it wasn't – it was like, okay, I, all right, go back to Cornell. Okay, there wasn't really much interaction. Yeah. Uh, I had an interesting personal reason to feel like I was going to be an L.A. King my senior year, I, I went over and played in Europe um, during spring break. Didn't go to uh, the beaches in Florida or anything like that. I went, went and played because we were trying to look for players for Team Canada. While the NHL had for the World Championships, players would go over as they were eliminated from the playoffs. Kings didn't make the playoffs. They'd send over the Triple Crown line, famous Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor, Charlie Simmer. And I played, and I played really well. And they're like, you're going to – our organization – we got to tell the GM. So that was, I became teammates with those guys before I actually went to training camp with the LA Kings. So it was kind of a, a unique way of doing it. Pretty cool. And I actually then deferred for another whole year because I played for the Olympic team. <laughs> but that's, Hey, that's experience. Yeah, that's experience. exactly. It was, it was a really fun time actually. So. so you talk about unique, really these last few years have been unique for the people who are scouting, for the players, all of it. Do you think this draft kind of feels, I know we're so scared to say the word normal. I said that to you at the beginning of the show, but like there's light at the end of the tunnel. They can bring these kids in, start develop, start developing them, and maybe moving forward the draft process gets a little bit easier again? I think so. We hope so. Uh, what, what, it, what this draft was all about, though, um, there were people that, you know, like Shane, Shane Wright we talked about, maybe – there were development gaps for certain players. Kids couldn't play um, in certain markets. Um, there were long stretches of, of inactivity. So, you know, not just how do you evaluate them, maybe some of their development was delayed. 
So there was a lot of speculation going into this particular uh, draft, and, and I think that showed. I mean, then you had the, the political side of things with the Russian players lot, and, and what's going on in the Ukraine and, and Russia's role in that. And, and lots of teams, they took the Russian players, but many of them had been projected to be taken earlier in the draft. Nobody knows. And, and so if you were a Russian player and you're already in North America, you might have gotten drafted when you were supposed to. If you're back in your home country, uh, lots of teams said, you know what, well, I'll take a flyer later in the draft, but I'm not committing an early draft pick to a, a Russian-born player. Again, we're here recapping the draft that just wrapped up about an hour and a half ago. Uh, Darren, want to go back for people just tuning in. I know it's a work day who are um, wanting to be reminded of what exactly the Golden Knights did, starting with their first pick of the day, Matias Sapovalov. Nice. Czech centerman, 52 points, 68 games last year, like we mentioned earlier. Um, give us your rundown of him again and what stands out to you or just what excites you the most about him. Uh, when, when you have the soft hands and the playmaking vision um, that, that uh, Sapovalov has and has shown uh, in the OHL, it's playing for Saginaw, that's good news. Um, he has to work on his foot speed, but that's not that uncommon for a kid who's you know at 18, 6 foot 4. Um, they, they compare him to Jordan Stahl. I say, you know, closer to home. He reminds me a little bit of Nick Waugh when I watch him. And, and the same kinds of things were said about Nick. And we went after him as, a, as an organization, made him a priority, and he's proven to be uh, an excellent player, a player that can play up in that lineup more than just a fourth or third line center. We're going to be catching up with him in a little bit, too. Are you ready for that? Yeah, that's You have your cool. questions ready for him? <laughs> sure, yeah. Does he like Saginaw? <laughs> or is it One Nick Waugh? So. He comes from with. a hockey family, too. His sister also uh, just played in the Women's World nice. Championships. Comes from a hockey family. We love that. You, yeah. Anyone who can speak to growing girls hockey. Yeah, there you go. We love to talk about that <laughs> here in Vegas. Uh, is there a certain pick that stands out to you above any others? Is there one in particular that you just found the most interesting? Yes, they moved up to get Jordan Gustafson. And as I said, you know, Gustafson is a player that in September was on the list that could have been, was slated as a first rounder. Um, and then as the season progresses, they, they, you know, all the experts change and, and put in a few things here and there. And what did this guy do and what didn't he do? Um, you know, he seemed to have a decent season. Um, you know, it, it, this, his skating, they say, is a plus. But yet, what's the downside then? You know, he's like, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things. Can he, he's not huge, but he's not real tiny either. Um, to me, it's, it's one of those things where, okay, um, we moved up to get him because we think he was and should have been. A, you know, those early projections were correct. Our first round pick so you get him at 79 and you hope he continues to develop that's that's the intriguing one to me in this draft to see how if they were right because they've been right on those kinds of those kinds of players coming going right back to the expansion draft that player projects to be there and this organization has done an excellent job of of making that a reality when you look beyond just this year's draft class with development camp coming up that we've been talking about, who are you most intrigued to see there? I want to, you know, I'm like everybody else. I'd like to see uh, Brandon Brisson. I mean, I want to see him on the ice here. I mean, I watched him. I did one of his games last year uh, with Brian McCormick, uh, HSK games. Um, but I want to see him again. 
you know, and I want to see him at his day to day, you know, and and get familiar with his game that way. Um, but I, I mean, for me, it, it's it's that's what makes coming to the rink fun. You know, watching the, these kids start their careers, it's 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 so cool. It is, and Isaiah Seville, hopefully, don't will he be here? I, I would think he could be. That yeah. roster should be coming out yeah. soon here in the next couple of days. Now that we know, did some of his games too, he, and stuff. he really played well. Did did himself. Uh, uh, very favorably uh, coming in and, and got the games and made the most of it. Yeah, probably a goaltender to keep your eye on yep. if Logan Thompson ends up able <laughs> to spend some more time up with the big club too. We might be seeing more of him, learning more about him. Well, yeah, and, and uh, you're, you're exactly right because the way it sits right now, you've got uh, you know, two of your, your goaltenders uh, on injured reserve potentially to start the season. So um, there'll be some uh, there'll be some room for the young goaltenders early on. Yeah, there will be. And when we come back, we are going to pick uh, catch up with our number 48 overall round to pick. Stick around. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Las Vegas and, of course, all of your Vegas Golden Knights digital channels. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Get access to the best prices for Vegas Golden Knights tickets and receive a free VGK jersey and other perks when you purchase a full season membership. A limited number of full season memberships are going on sale Monday, July 11th. For more information on becoming a season ticket member, visit VegasGoldenKnights.com slash tickets. And that Vegas Golden Knights family just grew today, Darren, as we welcome you back inside Studio 31. Now is the fun part. People have heard you and I yap enough. We want to hear from one of these new members of the Vegas Golden Knights organization. So we welcome in Matthias Sapavaliv, who is in Montreal. Matthias, how are you? Oh, I, I'm good. <laughs> Congratulations. Can you give us a rundown of what your last uh, few days have been like? Oh, it was actually weird, and I feel stressed and... Uh... But now I'm actually glad uh, to Vegas Golden Knights picked me. They did stress free. What were your expectations coming into the draft weekend? <laughs> I just want to be drafted with a good team uh, who know me and uh, who who want to work with me and to make. Uh, new step uh, to be an NHL player. What do you know about the city of Las Vegas? Uh, actually, no, uh, not really much. I know just uh, Vegas Golden Knights is a new organization and uh, I'm looking forward to work with them. How, how was your first season in the OHL? It looks like you've come a long way. Your your English is excellent. All the things that you've had to contend with. Um, did did you have a, a good first year in Saginaw with all the things that you had to uh, to learn along the way? Oh uh, yeah, thank you for my English. I I still don't think it's the best. I need to improve it. But uh, are you doing terrific? My uh, my season in Saginaw was good, and I'm actually happy. I made the decision to came to Saginaw and uh, play North American hockey. I think it uh, helped me a lot. I heard you say that your favorite player is Elias Pettersson. Is that someone who you model your game after? Uh, 
yeah, I like to watch Elias Peterson, but uh, I think I model my game more like uh, Mikko Rantanen or Tomas Hertel. Those are good players, puck possession guys. If uh, you know, if there's one thing that uh, you've been told that you have to work on, and we all have to work on things on an everyday basis, what's the one thing though they've told you that really focus in on and getting better at? Yeah, I need uh, to improve my skating, acceleration, and uh, first three steps, and still hard working in gym to be stronger and to be ready to play NHL. Matthias, what do you like to do when you're not playing hockey? <laughs> I like uh, just spend uh, time with my family or my friends, some hanging out and uh, watching movies, just ha have a good time with friends or family. You watch any good movies lately? <laughs> yeah, I like to watch Netflix. <laughs> Same. Same. Is has uh, your family been able to come over uh, to North America since you've been here? Oh uh, yeah, they visit me once in South, and uh, now they they were here in uh, Montreal for a draft. Oh, that's great. Who was there with you? Uh, my parents and my sister. And your sister, a hockey player as well, right? Can you tell us a little bit about her? <laughs> Yeah, she play hockey too, and she got. She has actually got tournament uh, now in our championships under eighteen, and uh, I think she'll be good. Uh, she'll play in the university one time, maybe. <laughs> That's a proud big brother right there. That is a hockey family. What are what excites you most about making it to Vegas and starting to work with this team? Uh, now I'm ready for the development camp, and after we'll see, I will be uh, in touch with the uh, organization, and I just uh, still want to work hard and uh, doing everything to develop my game. You just got drafted in the NHL. How are you going to celebrate? <laughs> By coming here to death camp. Yeah, no kidding. Tonight, you, you do anything tonight? The family, you going to do anything to celebrate? Oh, probably not. I'm just uh, really glad and really happy. And uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow I will come to Las Vegas, and I'm excited for it. You should be. You will, we will welcome you with open arms, Matias. Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations. And thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much. See you in Vegas. Such a nice kid, Darren. Oh, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, there's that whole, there's that thing. It's like, is it real? It's real. It's a dream. It's relief. But you think of, here's a kid that 12 months ago, right, he, he's in the Czech Republic. Czechia, I guess you call it now. And, and it's like, he has to come over and play. And he said, it, it helped me. Achieve his, he got drafted, um, but he had to make that kind of commitment to you know, and his family had to make that kind of commitment. Uh, great stuff, great story. Has the right attitude, right? Already knows what it is that he wants to work on. Seems very, very humble. Yeah, very much so. And again, if you're looking at uh, the type of things that go into making selections, it's personal, you know, personality profiles, right type of people. Yes, you have to have the hockey attributes 
certainly. But the chances of those attributes turning into something that's tangible for the Vegas Golden Knights long term starts with the type of people you draft and bring in. And there's are, there are days of meetings with some oh. of these players leading up to these drafts as well. What do you think the Golden Knights are looking for when they have those meetings, aside from what you see on the stat sheet? Humility. I think it just, just you, you said very humble. You, you look for that, but is there confidence to go with it? So if, if you have those two attributes, and, and, and they come out the right way, right? So you look at that, and then it's like, okay, was, is he a worker? Because if, if you're not a worker, that won't, doesn't, none of the other stuff matters. So you look at those types of things, and what kind of teammate are you? How do you treat the training staff? How do you t- treat the people around you that aren't just your peers? All those things matter a lot, I believe, uh, in, in the secret sauce that, that uh, our guys use in, in you know, kind of evaluating potential. You have to give a lot of props to these guys, too. They've been scouting players all year. They'll come here. They'll worry about development camp. And as soon as development camp ends, it's like, all right, next year. Here we go. You're back You're back to the same process all over again. Exactly. It's got to be exhausting, but they're so great at it. Well, hey, we, we love coming to the rink, too. So do those guys, right? I mean, you have to love coming to the rink to be in this business, and uh, no matter what, uh, what role you fill, and uh, – we're excited that those guys are coming to the rink, and next week it's going to be packed with development camp. So your main takeaway is coming out of the 2022 NHL draft. It came and went so fast. Takeaway from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint to me is they took some swings on some guys, and again, that will probably, if, if you know that two are going to pan out given their history at a minimum, and if two pan out of, of the six, that's a high hit rate. And if they hit, as Vegas has proven in their first five years, Gustafson, for instance, taken at 79th, will prove that he should have been still a first-round pick. Those kinds of things, I think, uh, is my takeaway. Who are some current Vegas Golden Knights that you would compare that maybe people took a, a swing on? Like, or Not even yeah. the Golden Knights, but in the NHL. Give us some examples. It's crazy. I was looking. Brett Hull went in the sixth round. Mark Messier was third <laughs> round, which is you know later than you would maybe expect Mark Messier to go if you were just guessing. Henrik Lundqvist, eighth round. Like, Who are some of the people that stand out to you well, that there were, were swings? Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times it was different because of the eras. You know, Detroit did an excellent job early on. The Red Wings with late draft picks, Henrik Zetterberg in the seventh round, Pat, Pavel Datsuk in the sixth round, because the draft, the rest of the league wasn't up to speed on draft. You could take guys late because nobody else was drafting against you. That's not the case anymore. Everybody has people, eyes everywhere. So um, if I think of, you know, you know, in Lundquist, it, it was his brother that everybody was looking at, a defenseman. And so, you know, it's, they said, ah, oh, we might as well draft the brother too, see what happens. Well, Good things happen. Brett Hull, you talk about him, it's, it was because he couldn't skate. It was His work ethic was horrible. That was his reputation. But, oh, by the way, he got better, he got smarter, and he could score. And he always could score. And, you know, you can't, that sometimes, again, you overlook certain things. Oh, scoring, that's what the name of the game is all about. It's like, well, yeah, but he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. Yeah, but he scores. That's, and he, you know, Phil Kessel's kind, Phil Kessel's kind of like that, right? And throughout his career, it's like this guy – what does he do? It's like, well, he scores. He doesn't do much else, but he scores. Well, that is the name of the game, you know. So. Well, 
I'm confident the work ethic is going to be here for this draft class. Absolutely. But you do cross your fingers that there's another one of those great stories coming up for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, if you don't mind, I think we're going to have to dig into this pizza a bit, Darren. To the edges, so, to the edges. Yep. Uh oh, I might make a mess here. If you guys don't mind, Darren and I are going to dig in. Cheers. Thank you very much. To pizza, pizza Hut, Hut. Thank you. For this draft recap special, thanks for watching. Thanks to Darren. And we're hungry, so uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.